Episode number three. Well, welcome back to season two. Episode number three on the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Pinozo, and I can't wait to share all of the exciting things that our guests have been working on, as well as ourselves, Executive Properties Capital. Join us as we continue our journey with seasoned experts, insightful discussions, and real-life case studies that shed light on the ever-evolving landscape of property investment. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just beginning your real estate journey, more to life is your compass for navigating the dynamic market that we're in and achieving financial success through the power of real estate investing. Today, crazy excited, we have Andrew Perry, a trailblazer in the world of real estate digital visionary. Andrew's journey goes beyond the traditional boundaries of the industry, extending seamlessly into the digital realm where he's become a social media monster maven with a massive and dedicated following. With an online presence characterized by insightful content, captivating visuals, and a profound connection with his audience, Andrew understands the paramount importance of crafting a personal brand in today's digital age. And he's mastered it, quite frankly. Andrew is the Director of Communications and Recruitment of Revel Realtors, which <clears throat> serves luxury listing interests in Niagara-on-the-Lake and beyond, while offering his wealth of marketing knowledge to prospective realtors. Andrew, welcome to the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast. Thank you for joining us today, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's good to sit down. Yeah, we just... Uh, I guess we saw each other last week at that conference. Uh, yep, that's right. We and ended we up sitting beside elbows. each other. Yeah, we kind of bumped elbows there, which was kind of cool. So yeah, I was excited to get things going today. Obviously, uh, you're someone that I personally look up to in the real estate world. Um, uh, what you've been able to accomplish is incredible. So why don't we start with that? Tell me a little bit or tell our audience your journey, how it all started with you and your growth to where you began to where you are now. Well, you know what? It um, it started off kind of like how most people want to get into real estate, where it's like, hey, you know what? If especially if you're already in sales, by the way, if you're already in sales, it's like it's a it's a natural transition to to look at okay, where in terms of units and price per units. Am I going to make the the most amount of money in the short amount of time so that I can learn how to expand and, and grow into my own company someday? And, you know, again, as that natural progression as a salesperson, for me, it was selling gym memberships. And then the next step was sell cars. You know, I went to go look into that, decided it wasn't for me. I didn't end up working anywhere. I didn't get an, end up getting my certification. Um, by that, I decided to go into real estate instead. And, you know, it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, it, it was one of those, it was one of those situations where, Hey, if you, if you go into something like this, you got to do it with both feet and, and you got to kind of uh, hit it really, really hard and make a lot of sacrifices. So that's what I did. I, I worked, you know, seven days a week, every open house, every opportunity, every buyer showing I could pick up, every referral I could pick up. 
I was saying yes to literally everything. And that didn't stop until, you know, my third year when I was developed enough to have the uh, privilege of enough business to share it with others. And once I started sharing it with others is kind of how we got it to where I am today. Amazing. So let's talk about that. Obviously, you started off as a solo agent. Were you ever on a team when you started off yourself? No, no. Uh, our our broker um, tried a team and I was involved for a little while. But after a couple of weeks, I just I just knew it, nothing to him at all. It's just I knew that that was not for me. Now, looking back to where I am now, based on where I, I, I want my experience level to go, I, I think I would have joined a top producing team a lot earlier in my career. And the reason why I say that is because I started the team and I, I learned a lot from it. I started the team after my third year and it just blew up within three months, everybody left. And it was just it, it not only um, an embarrassment to, to some degree, but it was also a, a massive learning experience. And yeah, okay. It was invaluable. That lesson was invaluable, but I'd lost a lot of time, like six months of money-making, um, you know, uh, time that I can never get back. And I just feel like had I had learned everything through a top producing mentor, I would have been able to, you know, make those adjustments on my own a little bit more efficiently. And I wouldn't have lost all that time. Super happy where I am now, obviously, and I wouldn't change anything for the world, but hell, if I had to do it again, I'd probably team up with uh, somebody a little bit bigger than, you know, myself. Right. Amazing. So tell us about your team now, or tell us about that growth from what you just described to where you are today. So, Using because of social media, I'll tell you, I looked a lot bigger than I was. And that's one of the privileges of doing social media well. You know, <laughs> I had somebody reach out to me. He's like, Andrew, you know what? I, I just wasn't too sure about you for the first two years. You know, fake it till you make it. And, you know, now you, you've just earned my respect. I'm like, you know what? It's if I got through to you and it took me this long fantastic but i'll tell you fake it till you make it is a real thing now and i and i want you to visualize this for a moment okay um a lawyer they just they go to school a lot longer than we do okay and i got a lot of respect for that but you know when they come out of uh of their schooling they you know maybe they uh come as an intern you know maybe they get a partner um i, I don't really know how the realm works but what I'm saying is, is when they become, uh, when they get into the industry, they're a lawyer, they specialize in a field. They might've not worked with a client in their own business before, but their the perception is they're a lawyer, they're professional, and they're an expert in their field. It's a little bit different with realtors because I, I feel that a lot of realtors have imposter syndrome. A lot of people feel like, and maybe it's because of their actions to them, in the back of their mind, subconsciously, they reflect on what they're doing day to day and realize, hey, maybe I don't deserve a $10,000 paycheck. So in their mind, you know, a lot of them feel like, okay, well, the fake it to the make it doesn't really work. And and it, it absolutely does. And I brought that strategy on from other industries. And it's been interesting to see how that level of growth has, has, has got me to where I am. But now I'm going to get back to your direct question. So I've built this perception online. I did a lot of deals. There's nothing that was not credible to what I was saying. However, 
the perception of what I had was a lot bigger than maybe what I actually had. But that's the purpose of branding, right? Anyways, so as soon as I said I was relaunching my team, we had I set up interviews quite quickly. And to my surprise, two of those people are still on the team to this day, which is three and a half years later. And where I started was a little bit more strategic than before, where, hey, let's just all start a team together and see what happens. What I did was is I hired a licensed assistant. The reason why people don't do that is because they feel that there's a conflict or, hey, you know what? If a lead comes in, is that is that licensed assistant going to take the lead and you know screw me over? They might, but if you go into every business deal like that, you're never going to get anything done. So I hired a licensed assistant, worked out amazing. The reason why I did that was because I needed somebody to do all the documents so I could go to house to house to house. However, I knew that if I'm going house to house to house to house and I have more incoming leads and more inquiries, who's going to help service them? The number one thing you take away from this podcast, again, I'll get back on track, is speed to lead. If you're not answering the phone within one ring, if you're not getting back to a new lead within, people say five minutes, but that's bullshit. If you're not getting back to a lead within a minute, they're already on to somebody else's site. So I knew speed to lead was the case. And that's why I hired a licensed assistant so that she knew what she could say. She's allowed to show them properties. And then that's how we started. Then from there, I hired buyer agents to only handle my overflow. So as I was learning and growing and building capital and investing back into the business, I didn't really have any direct responsibility for these buyer agents. Now, what happened was I appreciated their efforts. They were giving results. So we brought them on as a full team leader within, I think, 90 days to six months. Fast forward to now, that First person who who uh, came to the interview went to my VP of sales role. Now she's transitioned into a higher level, and we have a total of 15 agents from Niagara to Burlington, Oakville, Waterdown to Muskoka. And we have, we're going to be filling in those gaps um, very, very quickly. Amazing. So 15 agents working underneath you. Um, if you don't mind sharing, how many deals have you guys completed in 2022 and 2023? So 2022, we were around that 100 deal mark. And in 2002 was the worst year on record. So we went from um, like being 27th or something um, in 2021 to being number seven in 2022. And right now, currently, unless Sean DeLatte's kind of beat us out, we're having a little friendly competition, we should be number two right now. So that's a big gap or a big jump into the top 10, which we're super humbled for. Um, but yeah, our, our, we're about that hundred deal mark this year. We'll, we'll, we'll crush that by maybe 20 or 30. And our average price point is about a million right now. So we sell everything from 300. We sell, we sold how many mobile trailers we sold this year. I don't know, man, but we sold a lot of them and we love it. However, based on our brand, we do and our services, of course, we do attract a little bit of a higher end um, yeah. client. So that's why we've kind of averaged out around that million one point two mark. Amazing, amazing. So our, so our, yeah, so our um, sales volume will be over a hundred mil for both years. Wow, I love that speed to lead. I've never heard of that saying before speed to lead. And I think you're yeah. so, so bang on with that. 
hundred percent. It works in the investment world as well, right? I mean, if yeah. you get wind that there's a home coming up or you get wind that there's a distress sale or a tax sale, like, look, I remember all my investor clients would be like, Andrew, find me, you know, somebody who's uh, losing the home to the bank. I want a bank sale. I'm like, have you seen the lineup down the street for bank sales? You and every other investor. So by that time, you've already lost it. And it's important that if you catch wind that you act immediately, even in today's market, because as an investor yourself, what are you doing right now? You're, you're waiting, you're looking, you're searching because, uh, you know, unfortunately, Hey, and at the end of the day, some people say, well, you know, you're taking advantage. No, no, no. I'm not taking advantage. They're, they're the choice. They've made the choice to list their house. We're the ones that are going to help them out and get them onto their next road to recovery or whatever financial troubles or wherever they're going. Right. So. Absolutely. We touched upon it in that last answer there. You kind of grazed over it. I want to bring you back to uh, the whole branding and how social media and your presence there with branding and your business and everything, how that's complemented and accelerated uh, perhaps you and your business. It's kind of a twofold. How important is it? how it's helped you and your business and maybe touch back upon fake it till you make it. Cause there's a lot of shit there that, you know, sometimes you kind of scratch your head and go, yeah, okay, bud. You know what I mean? But it, you know, it still sells stuff. It still sells. So can you touch on that and for a bit? Yeah. So l- number one, let's talk about fake it till you make it for a moment. There was nothing in terms of manipulation that I ever did. When I say fake it till you make it, I mean put on the friggin' suit, put on the glasses, shave, um, dress up, look well, eat well, show up on social media every day as if you've been doing this your entire fucking life. And what you need to do is when you when I say fake it till you make it, I'm talking about confidence. Go through my old stuff. There's nothing about fake it till you make it. I had enough money to drive a Mercedes. I had enough enough money to go on vacation. I had enough money to go golfing. There's not nothing fake it till you make it about that in the sense. But what I mean is, and, and you guys got to read the book, The Alter Ego Effect. That's what I've done. How do you think Kobe Bryant became so good? You know, how, Mamba mentality is based off of Michael Jordan. He studied studied Michael Jordan. He pretended he was Michael Jordan. That's all I'm doing. I'm percent. I'm pretending I am. Uh, Ryan Sarahan. I'm pretending I am Josh Allman. I'm pretending I am Ryan Saravelli. I'm pretending that I am the top people in my industry because deep down, that's how you build a belief system and a conviction so strong that not even your audience is going to be able to turn their eyes away from what you're posting and they're going to get motivated by it. So now how does that lead into a brand in, in why it's so important? So there should be two brands. Number one, your personal brand and number two, your company's brand. And if, if you're a solo agent, that's okay. Now uh, you can merge the two. I never had an Andrew Perry Instagram account and an Andrew Perry real estate per, uh, account. I kept them together and merged. When I started the team, I had a team account because your team account, 
we we do get creative, of course, and we we do a lot of content together and podcasts. But your team account, that's your business card. Let people look it up and say, do these people actually sell? And that's where I put just sold, just listed, just leased, just purchased, whatever, mm-hmm. a new listing coming soon, whatever. Where on my personal side, I use that for an opportunity for my audience to get to know me. And then eventually they get to understand my brand message. And then they'll understand why our team does what our team does. And from a branding perspective. And if you look at, let's just say, and I'm just, I don't know the owner of Remax. I'm just using this for your audience. Say you've got Remax, one of the biggest brands in the world. They've been around for a hundred years, whatever. Imagine if their CEO was a piece of shit. And uh, imagine their CEO posted about um, only, and again, I use this analogy a lot. I don't know why, because I'm a fisherman and a hunter. But imagine if they posted everything just about fishing. I would no longer take Remax as serious as I would KW if they're, if Gary Keller's putting out books, right? I, I'm not going to take it as serious as I take Ryan Saravelli, who's speaking at conferences. Um I don't know any other CEOs of any other real estate companies, so I'll stop there. But the point is your brand has to be in line with your company's brand. So if you're a hunter and you own a hard water outfitters or a hunting outfitters, then by all means post only hunting. And I'm not saying anything that this is what you need to do. We're talking about maximizing and how to absolutely crush it. And that's how you do it. And how many followers do you have now? <clears throat> 34,000, I think, just on Instagram. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, and I, I think it's about 20 across our pages on, on Facebook and like 1,300 on YouTube. YouTube's so hard. Yeah, it is. It is. And I want to bring that back because obviously, you know, what we specialize in, what, what the whole investment side of things and investing in real estate and joint venture partnerships. And I get a lot of questions from our followers on, you know, how Adrian have you been able to attract so much money from joint venture partnerships and deploy that? And this whole, obviously you got to bring something to the table and we have that experience and confidence in that regard, but we leverage social media. You know, we have a full time, I have a full time marketing team that does nothing but, you know, all of our content 24 7, 24 every day in house. And that's how important that is to leverage that. So, you and your journey and how that's helped your business and 34,000 followers mm-hmm. is, is incredible. It speaks volumes as to, what we're talking about. So I wanted to kind of get that in there for our listeners, not not even if you're not an agent, but if you're looking to grow in real estate, even your your portfolio and networking and um, joint venture partnerships and raising capital, bingo, leverage that on on a very, very high level because it's it's changed your or helped your business. It's 100% helped my business. Um, and my followers continue to go up. I'm nowhere near how many followers you are, but I, I, I commend you for that. That's amazing. How long did it take you to feel comfortable and build up that audience? Yeah, I, uh, I didn't really have, I don't think I had more than 1200 followers before I got into real estate. So it was all based on real estate content. 
at the time, I'll be honest, I got lucky because at the time, real estate videos, uh, when I started, weren't really a big thing. So I put out a few um, funny videos that kind of got the attention and got a crap ton of views. And then I noticed that, you know, other people were doing it. And so I leveled up, you know, so I, I, I did, I, I was basically one of the first people to bring a luxury, high quality video production to the Niagara region and other people started doing the same. And then I transitioned into storytelling and then they transitioned into storytelling. And then I kind of went to showcase business. They did that. So I'm always leveling up and, you know, I was one of the, Definitely one of the first people to start doing short form content in Niagara. So I'm not trend setting. I'm replicating it from others. Um, but at the same time, that's kind of just how it all began. And I think the reason why other people don't grow their social media accounts is because they're they're sticking to what they've always done. Or they're going too far and trying new things all the time, which is great. Some social media gurus say that's great. Just start hammering, you know, your your social media audience uh, with 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 trends and all that. But you got to understand, I'm not in this to become a fucking influencer. I'm in here to convert leads, meet new people, create relationship, and sell, make money. That's what people don't understand. They want to completely just try to take off on social media, and that's it. How much money are people actually making on social media? Not enough to survive, not enough to buy real estate. If you're a social media influencer and you got 100,000 followers, 500,000 followers, and somebody pays you a few grand to make a post, that's amazing. Good for you. But I'm not even getting out of bed for a couple of grand. So in that respect, in your business, your business strategy is your business strategy. But what I'm saying is if you're going into it to become an influencer and make millions, it's just as tough as, as becoming a famous actor or a model. It's very competitive. So are you in this to become an influencer or are you in this to sell real estate? That's why I try to stay away from the majority of these pointy, trendy things, you know, and just really focus on value. Couldn't agree more, man. Couldn't agree more. Tell us about one of your biggest challenges in your career that you had to overcome that hurdle, that challenge, and basically what it taught taught you. What it what what did that do for you as a person and your business, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. I like this. I like this a lot, and I'll tell you. So, okay, when I first started, I never lived in Niagara. I'm from Barrie, Ontario, so I started in a new market, not knowing anybody as a new realtor. Everybody I told to uh, that my goals to thought I was nuts. I said I wanted to live in Niagara Lake. I wanted to sell in Niagara Lake, and I wanted to be the go-to for Niagara Lake. Niagara Lake is is like old school Oakville for those of you who are realtors in the area. It's it's run. There's a lot of newcomers there now. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. But Niagara Lake, there's one or two realtors that really took majority of the market share. And for long periods of time, like I'm talking 30, 40 years. So everybody thought I was friggin' nuts, nuts. And honestly, that was the biggest challenge. It was dealing with nobody believed in me, nobody. Our broker of record, Ryan, believed in me. And that's why he showcased me when we, well, he's not our broker of record anymore, but he was at the time. Um, that's why we kind of got that jump start. But having said that, even him was like, dude, you got to diversify. 
you can't, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, I, I, I see you selling in Niagara on the Lake, but you know, don't give up those $200,000 homes, you know, don't, don't give up selling in Fort Erie and in Wayne fleet. I said, look, I'm going to do that business. I'm not going to turn it away, but this is where my focus is. So I had a lot going against me and I just, I knew I could fucking do it. So I wasn't worried. And so I had to overcome that. It took me a while. And even me, I'd say 2022 and 2023 is kind of the first years that although I'm selling at a very high level, this is the first two years that I'm actually getting phone calls directly to me. Hi, Andrew. My name is Mark and I live in Niagara on the Lake and I've got a home to sell. I was wondering if you could come and give me a price. I said, Mark, thank you so much for calling me. First question, how did you hear about me? And the last 10 calls or so or more, They've all said, Andrew, I live in Niagara on the Lake. And I'm like, is that enough reason to know a realtor now? And I'm that realtor. So I've made it. People know me. I'm becoming a household name. And that's what's super important. So what is the lesson here? The lesson, and for all you new realtors and people thinking about getting into a new project, is don't fucking listen to other realtors. Get a coach. Yes. Get a mentor. Yes. But don't listen to other realtors. 80% of them don't do the amount of business that you're going to want to do. Most don't post in Facebook groups expecting people to give you the answer that you want to hear. They're not going to give it to you. They're going to tell you some bullshit about how difficult it is. Um, realtors should stay in their lanes. All this other crap. And that's the biggest lesson is don't listen to average people. Get a coach. Get a mentor. Get great partnerships with great people, but don't rely on the information from the industry that most likely is you're going to be your competitor. I don't see people as my competitor. It's co-opetition. We're in this together. But again, 80% of people in this industry will look at you as a competitor. Love it. Um, I love the way you just kind of tell it right off the right off the cuff. No bullshit. Yeah, it's just bang right in your face. Um, <clears throat> the market. Can we touch upon the market right now? Obviously, yeah. everybody knows it's up and down here and there and everywhere with everything going on. How how are you and your team navigating the market right now? What are you seeing out in your neck of the woods and um, how are you guys dealing with everything that's going on right now? Yeah. So I had a conversation with a couple of, you know, Burlington Oakville realtors, top selling teams, like I'm talking about number one and Toronto teams as well. And they said, Andrew, we've had our worst year last year. I said, why is that? I'm like, well, man, like there's no new business coming in. So the top teams who are doing like 500,000 transactions a year, I'm not making any assumptions about their business at all. I'm sure their clients absolutely love them. But the majority of their focus is new business, right? So it's, I'm not saying burn and turn. What I'm saying is they're relying heavily on new business lead generation, most of it online leads. We cut all of our spending online. We went back to basics. We got, we started events. We started door knocking again. We started meeting people. Our goal was to meet one new person a day for the entire year and build relationships throughout the year with those people. That's how we're handling. We still have thousands of transactions in our area. So why can't we 
pick up all of that business or at least some of it. There's plenty to go around. And if I had to rely on online leads, people are smarter. People aren't necessarily putting their information willy-nilly on, online anymore, right? So we can't rely on that kind of stuff. We have to go and build relationship like salespeople should. And so that's how we're dealing with it. Now let's get into the market. The market in Niagara specifically, we have 37 listings right now. We're selling, getting new ones, selling them, getting new ones, selling them. Some are selling in a day. Some are selling in a couple of weeks, but majority are not selling and it's been six months, 12 months. So that tells me buyers are still out there, but nobody, if it's even priced on the nose of market value, you're not going to get list. You're not going to get showings. You're definitely not going to get an offer. So what we've had to do in the sellers that have, you know, listened their home sold because we listed it slightly under value, not for an offer date situation for God's sakes. We're still seeing people doing that. What the hell are you doing? And never sells. And then they list higher. And then guess what? That's definitely never going to sell ever. So what we have to do is have an honest conversation with the sellers and say, look, what do you want to do? Why are you putting it on the market? Well, Andrew, we've, we, we bought it five years ago. We still have great equity. Okay, perfect. So do you want to just throw it up and see what happens? That's it. That's all I want to do. Okay, great. Here's our package for that. This is how we can help you do that. I'll be honest. We're not going to necessarily just invest thousands of dollars in selling your home. So I suggest going with this package. We'll pay for the marketing. We'll throw it up on the MLS with it for you and see what happens. Now, what do you, what does the seller want to do when it, or show what, what do we do for the seller if they need to sell? And I say, look, here's this package. This package is going to get you the absolute most value. We're going to be able to get you guaranteed 50,000 views in the first 24 hours. We're going to do a broker open house. We're going to do an agent, op uh, a public open house, and you need to price it here. If you don't price it here, depending on how far off they are, of course, I'm very sorry, but this house isn't going to sell. And if this is the need, you're going to put yourself in a very bad position because, okay, we're flatlining now in terms of rates we will see one or two more rate hikes before things start to go down. Bank of Canada did say we're going to keep it flat and maybe we'll see something go down, but no, not for at least another 12 months will we see any type of movement in this direction, which is decreasing. So we have to have, be very honest. We're very, very honest. If they want staging, we have a certain schedule for that. If they want a certain price and they're not willing to go down, then we're going to ask to give the 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 buyer agent a little higher compensation or pay us a little bit more so we can use that money to to push it further. However, we're very very cautious with that. So how are we handling it? Not only with honest conversations, but it's like, look, if you don't friggin' listen to us, unfortunately, it's not going to sell and there's not much we can do. You've hired us to sell your house, you have to take our recommendation here. Bingo. Bingo. And that's how we've been managing to sell the ones that we have so fast in a very slow market. We're not fire selling anything. What people don't understand is that the market's gone down 20 to 30% in total value over the last two years. So what does that number actually look like? First, we have to show them through the, through the NAR stats. Then we have to show them what their property looks like. Okay, great. We listed two years ago. You would have got a million. Today, 80, 800,000. So we have to list it at 799. 
Bingo. Yeah. Um, second last question. <clears throat> what are your future goals and aspirations with real estate, your team? Um, how does that all look? What's the landscape of that? My goal in the next two years is 100 agents. And my goal in the next five years, which is super ambitious, would be 1,000. So how are we going to do this? Expansion is the absolute only way. It's the only way. Unless I took over absolutely every office in Niagara and we just did, you know, 30% of the market share. Then, okay, great. That's it. That's how we're going to do it. But no, that's not realistic. So we have to think expansion. And we're working on another office very, very soon. And with any luck, we'll be able to release that before the end of the year. Amazing. Massive goals for massive people, massive mindsets. Amazing. Yes. The, the goal is a million in um, total annual. I don't like to use the word but uh, passive, but the goal is a million dollars in annual passive income. I'm, it's not fucking passive at all. I'm going to work my ass to make sure the company is bringing in that type of value. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. Now, lightning round. Yep. What is your why? Why do you do what you do? Well, the why is simple. The why is, ah, man, it's touchy, but... I want more than my parents had and I want to leave more than I I came into this world with. And I want my children. I have no idea what the, you know, the world's going to look like in 50 years, the way it's trending. I don't want to not have money. And the reason why is the gap between middle class, if it even exists, but the, the, you know, the upper class and the lower class is so huge that if you're on the wrong side of the totem pole or whatever the saying is, yeah, I just don't see it working out very well. And I don't want people to run me. I want to run my people and I want to control my environment. And by when I say my people, I, I mean my children. Yeah, I, I, I want to be in control of their lives. And I feel that the way it's going, it might not happen if I didn't have money. So the wise to protect them. Amazing. <clears throat> so Andrew, last, last, last question. Yep. When you, obviously you're very successful now. When you picture, when Andrew pictures more to life, what does Andrew see when you picture more to life? Your life. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is, look, the freedom, the freedom. But when I really picture myself, this is going to sound crazy, but it's a corner office, you know, 50 stories in the air. And to get to that level, that's the picture. That's the smell. You know, I can see buildings slightly swaying. I can see an entire acreage and thousands of acreage of, of subdivisions. And I'm on top of it all. That's what I see because I know if I've gotten to that level, I'm most likely spending majority of my time with my family on a beach somewhere, but you don't get to that. You don't get to that point where you get to enjoy that side of life 
without the hard work and that, you know, amount of, of, of empire beneath you. I love it, man. I love it. We, we think alike. We think alike. That's for sure. That's right. I'm not 100%. ignorant to the fact that I can't just go and escape life and live on a beach somewhere. It just, it doesn't, life doesn't work that way. Yeah. You could, you, if you own your own business and you're the only person, great. But what does it look like when the people that you've helped grow just sees you on vacation all the time? You know, buying a new car, buying a jet, you know, hopping in a Ferrari. It, it's not a good look. People want to be motivated, motivated by your success, but they don't want to feel that they're, you're, they're the reason why you are successful, right? So right. there's a big difference. Awesome. Well, Andrew, amazing, amazing episode um, for all the realtors out there, for all the real estate investors, even if you incorporate some of Andrew's mindset and achievements that have helped him get to where he is and you incorporate that in your real estate investing, joint venture partnerships, raising capital, that mindset is so huge. And you obviously have an abundance mindset, needless to say. And obviously, it's led to your success as well. So thanks for being on the More to Life show, Andrew. And we wish you continued success. How do agents, people out there connect with you? Obviously, you're all over social yep. media. What's your uh, what's your handle on Instagram? Yeah, my best, the best way to get a hold of me is at the Andrew Perry on Instagram. And I always reply and follow back. Yeah, guys. So follow Andrew, send him messages, potentially join his team or see what yes. that looks like and everything else in between. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show, my friend.